0: Are you an entrepreneur industry expert or influencer did you know that speaking is one of the highest paying professions in the world download my free PDF checklist now and you can learn how you can become a highly paid speaker go to jamieabbott.com forward slash speaker guide hello and welcome to pitch perfect the podcast where we shine a spotlight on the power of effective communication, strategic business thinking, and the spirit of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Jamie Abbott. I've spent years mastering the art of public speaking and public relations, weathered the storm in the business world, and have emerged not only surviving but thriving in the face of challenges. And now I'm here to share my insights and experiences with you Whether you're an entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, a marketing professional wanting to sharpen your skills, or simply someone who wants to become a better communicator, this podcast is for you. So buckle up and join me on this journey. Let's learn, grow, and conquer the world of public speaking, public relations, marketing, and business strategy together. Welcome to Pitch Perfect. Well, my guest today is Jennifer May, and Jennifer is a nutritionist, an author, a health speaker, a nutrition student, mentor, and a mom of two. In 2014, Jennifer founded an industry-first internship that revolutionized how nutrition and diet- dietetic students confidently enter the workforce. In 2017, Jennifer achieved a lifelong dream as working as a volunteer health worker in Myanmar. That's where she taught nutritional medicine to medical midwifery and nursing students by day and volunteered at local orphanages by night. In 2018, whilst carrying her first child, a proud geriatric pregnancy at age 36, we had that in common, same year and everything, uh, Jennifer published her book, Pure Health and Happiness. Jennifer is founder, director and principal practitioner of Sydney City Nutritionist and Food Intolerance Australia. Now, with a Bachelor of Health Science in Nutritional Medicine, a background in live TV, over 11 years of experience and a mentor to Hundreds of students and new graduates of nutrition and dietetics. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Jennifer offers a wealth of experience and knowledge and dedicated to improving the health and happiness of all. Jennifer works hard to educate and inspire through workshops, seminars, webinars, print media, and live interviews. Jennifer May, welcome to Pitch Perfect. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast.
1: And I am definitely downloading the transcript and using every one of those words. That was such a lovely intro.
0: Oh, thank you. You wrote it. You wrote it. I've kind of ad-libbed a little bit because I didn't realize until I read that out, I carried my first child in 2018 at the age of 36 as well. So we yeah, had that in common. We
1: geriatric
0: mums. Isn't
1: <laughs> yeah. that word lovely?
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, it's more the norm now as well. And one thing I should yeah. also say is, um, you know, you bought my paid to speak course in January this year, and then you jumped mm-hmm. straight into PR club after that. I think you did it all in one hit, which, you know, and I, you're an absolute much. delight um, to, to work with alongside as my client, as a PR club member. And I love to hear about your marketing trials and tribulations. Um, so I. I guess I just want to start like from the beginning. You know, what got yeah. you into nutrition and maybe for those lay people out there who are scratching their heads thinking, what's the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? Can you sort of set well the scene for us?
1: Well done for asking that question. I'm so glad you did. I sometimes forget to prompt people to ask that question because I forget that it's important and then somebody asks me and I think, ah, oh, so important for me to be able to explain the difference. So, as a mentor of nutritionists and dietitians, I have had a really good insight into the difference. And I'm really glad that I have because, you know, I would have assumed previously that I have some bias in explaining the difference, you know, that I think that nutritionists practice one way and dietitians practice another way, but really I had no experience with the other side. So how would I truly know? But now for mentoring both sides, I can really see very clear and obvious differences. So dietitians, the way that they are unique and I guess the special differences that they have is that they can work in hospitals. Now, I wouldn't have a clue what needs to go in your drip. If you need a skin graft, if you've got you know a severe burn, if you need parental nutrition, I have no idea how to formulate that. I am not your girl for that, right? <laughs> I was not trained. But a dietitian has that knowledge in addition to general healthy eating. But when it comes to formulating diets, they do have strict sort of um, diet plans that are for each individual condition. So with dietetics, what I do see is that it is a little bit of a one-size-all one size fits all approach when they're taught now that doesn't mean that a dietitian can't then go on with years of practice and establish a certain niche and you know maybe look at things a little bit holistically many do but when they first come out of university it is very much this is your condition this is your diet there's no flexibility there's no personalization that isn't really part of the philosophy the other thing is that dietitians don't really study nutritional supplements and they don't study therapeutic dosages of nutrients. So as a nutritionist, I'm taught that when a person has a particular condition, XYZ nutrients are needed. And these are the therapeutic dosages that will alleviate those symptoms and optimize their health. And really, I guess what we could say as well is that nutrition is very much about health optimization With dietetics, it's still very much in the medical model. So it is that one size fits all approach with nutrition supplements, there isn't a huge amount of training, but even when it comes to nutrients, they're looking at the minimum level to prevent disease. Whereas we're looking at that optimum level to optimize health. So, you know, both sides of the scale are really, really important, but there's a very, very big difference in terms of how we practice. The other thing that I've noticed with dietetic students as well is they are taught, because of the way the medical system is very overwhelmed and they're taught the medical model, they are taught things like, you know, prescribe a diet, follow up with that person in three months, for example. Whereas as a nutritionist, I'm taught to prescribe some initial changes, meet again quite soon after, make sure that they've established a habit of those changes, make sure that those changes are actually helping them Modify where needed, and then hold their hand through the following changes. So it's like, you know, a step by step, gradual approach, and a lot of health coaching involved. So those are the really big differences with the disciplines. But then there are other differences as well, because whether a nutritionist has studied at a university or whether they've gone to a natural medicine specific college, which is what I did. There again a huge differences. So, when we've done that, uh, when we've practiced at a natural medicine college, we actually do 250 hours of clinical practice before we graduate. Wow. Whereas those who are in university don't. So, the university students come out and they're extremely nervous. They have very little um, real world experience, really, and they feel quite lost. And so, a lot of those nutritionists end up going into Jobs where they're working for companies, basically. So they might work for Nestle, advising them on how to adapt certain products. And, you know, they might work on how to adapt flavors and adapt the ingredients to improve nutrition and things like that. But they very rarely will work one on one with a patient. Those of us who've done the colleges, we're already working with patients before we graduate. So by the time we graduate, we're quite experienced. Right. In saying that, there's still a huge gap in the knowledge. And so that's one of the reasons that I founded my program, which I actually started when I was only two years into practice, two and a half. But yeah, I hadn't been practicing very long when I started mentoring other people. And that was the reason why, because everyone's coming out going,
0: don't know what to do next, even with that clinical practice background. Yeah, so interesting. And so well thank you for explaining that. That was a very um sort of great way of understanding the differences there. Um one of the things that you do is you you work with a lot of corporates for when you talk about health and well-being and as you mentioned what food's yeah. going to maximize our health. How important really is the food that we eat? Even like a lot of my audience uh, is entrepreneurs, time poor business owners. Um you know, is it really a matter of the right foods will recharge your batteries and um, and really make you as, as successful as you can be by eating the right foods? You've nailed it. That's exactly it. So, you know, it's
1: funny because through my work with you and even previous mentors as well, I've been practicing. It's now 12 years as of this month. And that's a pretty long time. Like I'm a bit of a veteran at this point. But through that time, I've had so many individual possible niches I guess you know I see my work as I'm a bit of a fruit salad (laughs) I'm not the chocolate strawberries I'm like the whole fruit salad there's a little bit of this a little bit of that Um, but I think if I was to look at like an overview it really comes down to performance nutrition and health optimization through a personalized diet so what you will find is that yes there are certain foods that do optimize energy but my personal diet that will optimize my energy will probably be quite different to yours and different to your husbands and you know the next person and the next person so i guess what we what i really try to do in my practice and what i try to teach now the students that i mentor i've got a new program that's actually starting in february so let's chat about that but what I teach people is that we need to optimize the diet to suit that individual person. So yes, there are energizing foods, Cherry for, cherries for example, they optimize your serotonin pathways, they can increase melatonin. So serotonin makes you feel very calm and at peace. Great if you're doing a lot of performance, great if you're doing a lot of speaking. Melatonin helps you to go to sleep. So getting into that deep restorative sleep. So if you're very active, then that's going to really help to recharge and refresh, repair the muscles, et cetera, waking up feeling better the next morning. You know, cocoa, so whether it's dark chocolate with as little sugar as possible, or whether it's actually raw cocoa put into a smoothie, for example, that's a fantastic way to optimize your energy, as is beetroot. But each of these foods, and every food that exists, has a positive, a benefit, a benefit, and also has a potential negative effect as well. So even something as healthy as broccoli, wonderful food. So nutritionally dense. It's an incredible food. Tons of research showing that it can actually reduce your risk of cancer, can actually reduce estrogen overload, for example. So great for those with PCOS or endometriosis. But too much broccoli can destroy your th- your thyroid. Mm. So your thyroid gland controls everything growth and metabolism repair of tissues brain function immune function so what we find is that each food the benefit that it can offer will be seen with even small doses whereas the negative the potential negative that it carries is only with overconsumption. in most cases unless there's an established health condition Right. So, in most cases, a good varied diet that has a little bit of everything and trying to really vary your fruits, your vegetables, that will actually achieve optimum health optimum energy. But for most of us, you and I are prime examples of this. We work very, very hard. We've got two very young children. you know we're we're juggling multiple things. I mean, you've got your paid to speak course, which is huge, and then you've also got PR club, and then you've also got your speaking gigs. Mine is similar, I've got Sydney City Nutritionist, my general practice and patients I've been seeing for 12 years. I've got, you know, within that, I've got corporate executives, I've got athletes, you know, I help actors prepare for roles, for example, losing weight for particular roles. So that's quite a a load in itself. And then I've got Food Intolerance Australia, which is a national organization offering testing, follow-up support, programs to recover from food intolerances, and then like you, there's also me as the individual brand that mentors students, does speaking. So we've got a lot on our plates. So for you and I, having that personalized diet is so important because it allows us to continue functioning at this level without burning out.
0: Mm, yeah, so interesting. Well, tell me about the program you've got going in February. If people want to, to work with you, if you've got their interests right now, um, what are you doing in February?
1: So this is really exciting and it's not actually what i planned (laughs) it's quite funny um so i do a lot of weight loss and you know some of the people that i work with are quite um public about it so you know i get a lot of media attention for my weight loss programs so i've been planning to release a group weight loss program for some time and that's coming Um, I also run a food intolerance recovery program and that's already happening, but I need to do a better job of properly launching it and telling people about it. So that's kind of already there and it's going to be optimized. But the big program that I'm working on now is actually for students and new graduates of nutrition and dietetics. So where I've run my internship program and my mentor program for many years, what I'm currently working on is a proper group program that people will be working through step by step and then at the end of that they'll then be allowed to join my monthly membership which will be a little it's sort of halfway between a um, mentorship and a mastermind you know so I'm going to have in my group program I would love to have you as a guest speaker because people would learn so much from you and they all should be doing your course so I'd love to have you there. But the idea is to take everything and package up what I've learned through my own years of experience, through the years of mentoring others, the challenges that they've faced, for example, and how they've overcome that. Also want to package up the things that I've learned through the various different programs and mentorships that I've actually signed up to as well. I've learned so much. I've spent a ton on coaching and mentorship and i firmly believe in it you and your programs have changed my life this year honestly everything's changed so I'm trying to sort of package up all of that so that people can come out of their studies whether it is university whether it is the colleges and they've got that clinical practice even with those they feel comfortable working one-on-one with patients they might have a little bit of imposter syndrome because they're like it's my first day everyone's gonna know But they don't necessarily have that business background. They don't necessarily know the different avenues that they can take or how to structure a program or, you know, how often should I follow up with people or what are the typical questions people are going to ask me? How can I? protect myself and my energy while working with others because it is a very energetically demanding job and the business aspect I was quite lucky because I studied business administration in my teens Then took a long break traveling all over the place and doing various jobs then I also had my tv background as well so I was comfortable with presenting I was comfortable with any you know if journalists came to me asking for an interview I jumped on it where others might think oh I don't know um, and then I also ran a healthcare care center while I was studying. So I had five years of experience of management, managing other practitioners, running the business, you know, doing I set up systems in that clinic that didn't exist before I was there. So by the time it came to run my own business, I had speaking experience and relative confidence. I had my qualifications, I had mentored other practitioners and saw what worked for them in terms of building a business. I also knew that it was important to have coaches and mentors, so I had a few of those around me as well. So I was really set up for success. So when I started on my own, my business flew within three months, and it's kind of had that same momentum ever since, and I thought that was normal. Until I started mentoring others, and then went, oh, okay, I actually had a huge head start. And I want to pass that on.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, gosh, the importance of mentors and coaches, I just think, yeah, you can't put a price on that. You know, it's an investment, but it just, for me, the return on investment luckily has always been there. Um, Speaking of marketing and PR and, you know, you getting into the PR world, uh, well, you already sounds like you were into it already, but joining PR club, you've written a book and I've written it down here because um, it's the ultimate bloat buster. Is that right? Tell me a little bit about that. I'm so
1: excited about this book and I'm going to share with you a secret about this book. So I wrote it and it's basically a shortened version of the Food Intolerance Repair Program or Food Intolerance Solution, as it's now called, which is a 12-week program to help people to rebuild their digestive health when they've been diagnosed with food sensitivity. So aiming to come away from managing your health just with a restrictive diet and move towards a time where you can start reintroducing foods. But what I wanted to do is educate more people because I know through 12 years of working in this field and my lifelong struggles with food sensitivities as well, I know that there are a huge number of people who suffer with bloating, constipation and various other gut health conditions that are only suffering because they're doing certain things incorrectly so it's really simple things like rushing their meals drinking water during meal times you know not combining their foods correctly skipping certain foods that aid digestion so people assume that, you know, oh, I've got a gluten intolerance or, you know, I, I seem to react to every food. Maybe I'm FODMAP sensitive, for example. And they go down these pathways of restrictive eating before they've ever really explored some of the really simple things that they can do to correct and optimize their gut health. Right. So that's the goal of the book is to help people who are unnecessarily suffering that are quite easily treated who would normally come in and see me and pay me $400 for a consultation, who can now actually get a huge head start with the book and work through some of those steps. And then maybe if they still seek a practitioner to support them, whether it's me or someone else, or even if they come to Food Intolerance Australia and get their gut health tested or get their food sensitivity test done, they're now walking in with a much clearer picture of their true baseline rather than the baseline they've started with which is just because they were overly stressed drinking coffee etc right so yeah that was the goal of the book but here's the funny thing i wrote it then i released the press release and i've got a really funny story about that which i'll come back to in a second but when i was releasing the press release i took your tips of you know gather the stacks and have a catchy headline and so i, I followed your template um, and the statistics of people suffering with gut health issues you'll be blown away by this. The CSIRO, so that's a very well-respected health authority, have stated that one in two Australians suffer bloating, constipation, reflex or some gut health issue. Now I've seen this in my practice but I assume that people are coming to me for this issue, therefore I'm seeing a lot of it because they're actively seeking me out, right? Because that's Mm -hmm. primarily what my work's about. But actually, it's 50% of the population. And here's another shocking statistic. Dietitians Australia released that 30% of Australians have IBS, which is a much more severe version of the condition.
0: 30% have IBS. 30%. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Wow.
1: one in three of us are walking around with ibs which means you know where's the bathroom can't be too far away from it Mm. suffering with that terrible rumbling and pain and which you know for your clients for example that's going to be quite debilitating so if you're about to get up and present everybody gets a little bit nervous yeah and that's going to impact your digestive system and now you're going to be standing there presenting thinking i really need to get to the bathroom right now because it's triggered that response But what i found is that even with people with IBS, they, again, even if it's medically diagnosed IBS, the term IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, the syndrome word means it's a collection of symptoms. It could be caused by multiple factors. We don't have a definitive cause and result. We just know that this collection of symptoms we can call IBS, right? So that's Mm -hmm. the syndrome. It's like irritable bowel syndrome. We don't know, it's not this cause. It's many potential causes. And so what I found in my practice is that people with IBS can often be very easily treated. Again, it's the right probiotic, slowing down, actually taking a lunch break, even if it's five or 10 minutes, doing nothing but eating during that time. I get people to set timers. (laughs) I'm not gonna say the person's name on the phone, but hey, that person set a five minute timer. And people do this because it allows them to switch off just enjoy their meal and the results are incredible. Like It is such a transformation with that very simple tactic. Do you take lunch breaks or do you eat at your desk during meetings?
0: I eat at my desk, guilty. Yeah,
1: yeah. I have to sometimes too, and sometimes we have no option, but when you can, it makes a huge difference. And what I notice is that on the days that I do that, even if it's just checking emails, because that adrenaline and that cortisol is still pumping because, you know, we're in work mode. So we're fired up. We're trying to get as much done as we can in those hours so we can go back to the family at the end of the day. And that's not really an optimal position for your digestive system to be able to work at its best. So Mm -hmm. what we want is we want that rest and digest phase. So next time, when you haven't got time for a lunch break, what I want you to do for me is just close your eyes, take a couple of really deep breaths, relax, actively relax your stomach. It's actually your diaphragm, but most people don't know how to do that. So if you just kind of let go, imagine that you're pulling your tummy in and then drop it. Try doing it now. It feels really okay. good. Doesn't
0: that feel good? Can yeah, you do that? it does. Can you feel the difference? Just even stop. taking that time just to stop. Yeah. <laughs> It's good,
1: isn't it? I actually encourage most of my patients to do this multiple times through the day. Most forget. So (laughs) we now time it as like just before a meal, do that. And I punctuate certain points in my day by doing that. And it definitely has a huge impact. When I don't have time or reminders to do it, I'm so much more tired and burnt out at the end of the day. Mm. So that can compensate a little bit because now you're a bit more relaxed. But if you haven't taken time to remind your body that you're about to eat, if you don't take the time to thoroughly chew, if you don't take time to focus on nothing but eating, What's going to happen is your brain doesn't have the capacity to detect the flavors, the textures in the meal and even the smells of the meal. So it doesn't know what's coming. Whereas when we slow down, we look at the food before we put it in our mouth, we chew thoroughly. You're actually sending messages that, you know, this texture and taste is there. We need more stomach acid. We need the gallbladder to activate. We need the pancreas to release protease, for example. So this is such a simple practice, but it has a profound effect on digestion.
0: Yeah, and wow. that's
1: what the book's all about. It's just those simple tips that you can integrate to relieve yourself of that unnecessary stress.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and yeah. so tell me a little bit of the funny story about the press release then. Oh, this is so funny, Jamie. Honestly, this is the best lesson for me and also for anyone else in your program or even just listening to this podcast who has a fear and of putting themselves out there and maybe is a bit of a perfectionist. I'm like that, even though I'm like wildly disorganized, I'm also a perfectionist. So you and I have spoken a few times and you're like, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I need to get it perfect first. And I know this is a chronic issue for so many people and it's really held me back. So through your teachings, I've been trying to let go of that. So when I sent out the press release, which secret to only the listeners of this podcast I stayed up on a Friday night until midnight drafting (laughs) these press releases because I was solo parenting at the time with no childcare assistance. So it was like then or never. Right. Um, So I stayed up late. You know, I was drinking my tea and drafting the press release. I used your template, sent out a batch and I got some good responses. And that was great. Um, Actually, In fact, that should be coming up soon. I've got a feature in Better Homes and Gardens magazine for the Christmas issue, which is great. So, you know, that was really good response. Definitely paid off. So the next Friday, I thought, I'm going to do the same thing again. I'm going to get in the habit of sending these press releases weekly. So I did it again. But after scheduling the first two, now I didn't send them on the Friday night. I scheduled them for the Monday morning. So after scheduling the first two, I thought, oh, it's still got last week's date. Will they look at that and think, oh, no one was interested last week. So now it's being sent again. When actually, I was just working through the massive list of media content contacts that you've sent us, right? So I decided to go back in and change the date. I was pretty sure I had it open in Word. Went into my Word. There it was. Title the same. First paragraph the same. So I changed the date and saved it again as PDF sent it to about 40 people and on the Monday I had a response from a lovely lady at the Canberra Weekly who said you seem to have attached a template of how to write a press release <laughs> and not an actual press release. So oh, happens, I <laughs> My word had auto-recovered the document but had auto-recovered an earlier version where only the title and the first paragraph was drafted and the rest was, Miss Abbott says. Oh, <laughs> gosh. But in this section, you should put something like, so this accounts are all these people. And I'm going, I am absolutely mortified that that has happened. But the lesson in this is, right, even though that happened and even though I would have definitely done anything, even not send a release rather than send an incorrect one like that, The outcome was that Julie from the Canberra Weekly asked me to write a guest column. That was actually published a couple of weeks ago. She's asked me to write another one. That's gonna go up as well. So in reality, the outcome despite my error was fantastic. It was a great opportunity to reach a state that currently I don't do much with Canberra, but I'm all set up to serve Canberra very, very well. You know, I've got partnerships with labs there. I run consults on Zoom. There's no reason that I shouldn't be. So this was a fantastic opportunity and it came out of a hilarious mistake that would have definitely stopped me from sending it in the aim of just trying to be perfect. So I think there's a pretty good lesson in that, but it's also a really funny story.
0: That's so funny. I mean, there's also another lesson there, and that's PDF media releases before you send them out. (laughs) Well, I did PDF it. Oh, but you
1: it did. The ori- I did, but the original was in Word. And of course, you can't edit the PDF, right? So I went back to the Word to edit that, just resave it as PDF. So the second PDF which was saved over the top of the first one. So I lost the first one. Yeah. Then had you all over it and Uh. all of your instructions and tips of how to write a good press release was quite
0: funny. That is hilarious. (laughs) That is hilarious. If I was a journalist receiving that, I would call you up and tell you too. So at least it stood out. (laughs) (laughs) Also wrapping up, is there anything else further you'd like to add, Jennifer? Any other um, tips, tricks, or any final messages? Honestly, I just
1: think one of the things that you said earlier about really making sure that you always seek mentors and coaches and support from the people who know best, whether that's, you know, going to a nutritionist because you want help optimizing your diet because you're trying and it's not really working. Why isn't it working for me when it works for everyone else? Because no single diet will work for any person. You need to personalize it, find your therapeutic foods, find the foods that don't work for you and remove them. A personalized diet should take into account your preferences, your lifestyle, your commitments, you know, anything that gets in the way for you and I, that's gonna be like quick and easy, right? We don't wanna be meal prepping eight meals every Sunday for the whole family. We wanna make it quick, easy, simple and sustainable. So it needs to take all of that into account as well as any health conditions, health goals, et cetera. But also in business, whether it is public speaking, coaching, whether it is, you know, how to market, how to get over the hurdles. A lot of, like you said, I've been doing a lot of PR work since I started. I've been very fortunate probably with my location and some of the patients I've worked with. I've had great referrals. I've worked with reporters But still what you've taught me is that there is a whole world of extra things that I'm just not doing. Pitching for public speaking. You know, I'm there going, I want to do more of it. What do I need to add to my website to make me get more bookings? Nothing. Just tell people that you're around. Tell people that you exist, right? But it's those sorts of things that you get from a professional who's really really experienced in that area you can really advance your skills your practice your business and also refine it my business and my approach to my work has changed so much this year and it's largely because of the things that i've learned from watching you in your business and the things that you've directly shared and taught us as well it is it's opened my eyes and i'm realizing now so many mistakes and how I could have advanced my, um, my businesses are doing well, and I've been fortunate in my career, but I think I could be a lot further along
0: again if I found you, Um, (laughs) earlier. Well, better late than never. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on to Pitch Perfect. I know we could talk all day, and so many of those lessons apply to so many different people um, across different industries. You're an absolute pleasure to work alongside. So thank you for coming along. Thanks, Jamie. It's been a pleasure to be here today. Thanks for listening to Pitch Perfect. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it and share it to social media. If you'd like to download my free paid speaking resources, go to jamieabbott.com.